What's your worst habit? Is there a pattern you want to break free from but just can't seem to do it? Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com. No matter what your bad habit is, you do have the power to change it. Today we're sharing an excerpt from psychologist Amy Johnson's audiobook, The Little Book of Big Change, The No-Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit. Drawing on a powerful combination of neuroscience and spirituality, this book shows you that you are not your habits, that your habits and addictions are the result of simple brain wiring that you can easily change. If you want to understand science behind bad habits, make the decision to end them, and finally take charge of your life once and for all, this is the audiobook for you. In this excerpt, Dr. Johnson shares a surprising truth about willpower. It will often fail you when needed most. She discusses the best approach in handling the powerful urges that steer you toward old habits. Willpower is the wrong tool. People do break habits by using discipline and willpower, but it is not easy. Willpower requires resources. You need to feel relatively good. You need energy and focus that you can call on for support. When your energy is depleted, perhaps because you're tired, hungry, sad, or in the middle of an urge, willpower is not always possible. Luckily, there is an easier way. Your habit is alive because you have an urge that feels worthy of action. The more consistently you act on urges, the stronger and more frequent they tend to become. You also become more accustomed to acting on your urges rather than stepping back and letting them fade. The antidote to acting on your urges is seeing the truth about them. Despite the emotional and physical punch they might pack, they are a temporary experience. They are harmless in and of themselves. They don't require action. You can have the experience of an urge and do nothing. It will fade. You weren't born doing your habit. Your habit isn't natural to you. It is artificial, innocently created by you as a function of the way you relate to and act on your thoughts. When you look at it this way, it's clear that thinking is what formed your habit and thinking is what maintains your habit. Your habit is the manifestation of your relationship with the thoughts that float through your mind. The way you view, relate to, and act on thought is the sole problem. Your habit is just the consequence. What is willpower? Willpower is more thinking. Willpower is after-the-fact thinking that attempts to trump your original thinking. Employing willpower is an attempt to think your way out of a problem that is thought-created to begin with. If that sounds like a big mess, you're right, it is. When you rely on willpower, you are piling on more thinking 
when less thinking is exactly what you need. Let's imagine that you're trying to eat in a healthier way, but you have a donut habit. Your donut habit, like all habits, is thought created. The reason you eat so many donuts, even though you also desire to eat better, is because you have thoughts, urges, that suggest you eat donuts. When you find yourself with the thought, I really want a donut right now, you take that thought as truth. It sounds compelling, meaningful, and somewhat stable. Waiting for the donut thought to fade away or passing up the donut for a healthier option either doesn't occur to you or it feels too unpleasant to actually try. If you were to use willpower to deny your donut urges, you would notice your a donut sounds really good right now thought and then proceed to layer new thought on top of it in an effort to squash it. Yeah, but you'll regret it later. Or, no, you will not eat that donut. You are stronger than a donut. You can do it. The most critical flaw in the willpower approach is that thoughts aren't necessarily crushed by new thoughts falling on top of them. Actually, just the opposite is more likely to occur. Those thoughts you are trying to dispel become stronger when they are showered with attention and met with resistance. Volumes of neuroscience research shows us that what we focus on is mentally activated and strengthened. Attention paid to a thought about donuts, for example, increases the neural firing that produced that thought to begin with. This is essentially the flip side of the research on which this book is partially based, which shows that when we dismiss a thought or urge, thereby removing our attention from it, the neural firing that produces that thought or urge decreases. Research conducted on thought suppression shows us this as well. When research subjects were asked to not think about something, white bears, for instance, guess what? Their minds were flooded with thoughts of white bears. The instruction to not think about white bears sets into motion a search for all fleeting thoughts of white bears so that one can prevent or end such thoughts. Scientists call this the ironic monitoring process because, quite ironically, the quest to not think about something, by its very nature, produces more thoughts about it. Arguing with or trying to suppress your original donut thoughts puts a whole lot of attention on that innocent little circle of deep-fried dough. And more attention doesn't make it go away. It actually makes it stick around. A second problem with the willpower approach is that trying to overpower unwanted thoughts or cover them with new thoughts treats thought as though it were harmful and dangerous in and of itself. As you have heard many times in this book thus far, it is not. Thought itself can never hurt you. Only what you make of thought can. In time, any thought you happen to be experiencing will fade on its own. If you look back, you'll see that you've never once gotten permanently stuck in a thought or emotion. All human experience is temporary. If thought is temporary and self-correcting to begin with, it doesn't make much sense to chase thought away or try to reason with it using more thought. That would be a little like trying to change the weather. No matter what kind of weather you're getting, it will eventually change. No matter how harsh the winter is, spring always comes every year. There is not only nothing you have to do to make that happen, but there's also nothing you can do 
Just like you can't change the weather, you can't necessarily change your thoughts or emotions on a dime. Sometimes you can play a part, of course, but overall, efforts to manipulate your human experience often backfire. Using willpower or motivation to try to overpower unwanted thoughts or urges implicitly imbues the original thoughts with power they don't actually have. There is nothing to overpower because there is no inherent power there to begin with. If anything, urges alert you to the fact that you are getting caught up in your thinking. Luckily, that is a fully self-correcting problem. It would be infinitely simpler to begin to see your donut thoughts for what they are, habitual, temporary experience that is not you or yours, and allow that insight to render those thoughts powerless. Robbed of their source of power, they will fade on their own. A third flaw in the willpower approach is that because willpower requires so much energy and focus, your ability to use it is inconsistent. Think about the effort it takes to refocus on a new thought when your mind is hijacked by an urge. Even when it works, it works only in that very moment. You might be able to ignore one particular donut thought, but you've used up a lot of your own mental and emotional energy to do so, and you've showered your donut thoughts with attention in the process. Now you are left mentally and emotionally drained, and you've increased the potential for more thinking about donuts in the future. That doesn't bode well for your ability to use willpower on your next urge. The fact that willpower requires effort means that it will fall short at times. When you are not at your physical, mental, or emotional best, willpower is harder than ever to muster. Those are times when your higher brain, required for willpower, is somewhat compromised and your lower brain is leading the charge. Ironically, when you most need willpower, it is least likely to be available to you. When we're talking about applying a steady stream of willpower and discipline, perhaps the most important question you can ask, even more important than, does it work, is what is it that I ultimately want? You want to be habit-free, of course, but at what cost? Isn't freedom what you ultimately want? Freedom from the obsession, freedom from urges, freedom to use your mind and body in a way that feels healthy and helpful and that allows you to enjoy your life to the fullest. Isn't that what you really want? If it is, consider that more fighting isn't the answer. More fighting is not supporting your quest for freedom because you want freedom from the fight too. Freedom comes from seeing a new truth. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, The Little Book of Big Change, The No Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.